We're going to continue our series on engrafted into Christ, and this week we're going to talk about our identification with Christ, our identification with Christ. We're going to begin with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'll read it one more time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word instructs us, that your word gives us life, brings light, brings understanding. Father, we ask today, as we approach your word, we approach your word with reverence and with honor. Father, we thank you, we pray that your word would penetrate into our innermost being that we'd not just see with our natural eyes and hear with our natural ears, but that we would receive your word given by your spirit in our inner man, that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, that you would open, reveal, and unfold your word unto us, each and every individual that's here, each and every individual that's listening now, each and every individual that will listen later. Father, we thank you for the power of your word and the presence of your spirit. Holy Spirit, we say have your way in our midst. Have your way as we receive the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, You know, back in... um, 1997, December 30th, 1997, I uh, I was um, actually licensed and ordained, well, at that point, I was uh, getting ready to be licensed and ordained in another, in a denomination, not another denomination, we're not a denomination, but in a denomination, and um, uh, December 30th that year, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And I had lived my life for uh, uh, several years. I don't know how old it was. <laughs> 22 years, I guess. Uh, it would have been 21 years. For 21 years, and uh, uh, was born again at a young age. And so I knew what it was to be born of the Spirit of God to be recreated on the inside, but I was not filled with the Holy Spirit. And somebody said, well, don't you have the Holy Spirit when you're born again? Yes, you do. Actually, the Holy Spirit of God is the one that recreates you on the inside. But there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can drink a glass of water, but you may not be full of water. Or you can go in a swimming pool. Uh, People laugh at my family sometimes because we like warm water. So if we go in the water, uh, we might not go much below our waist unless it's like really warm. Well, we got in the water, but we weren't immersed. You would never say that that was immersed. Well, uh, there is an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, something happens on the inside. And really what happened to me, it was like the most gracious experience. You know, uh, I was there and uh, a lady that was my best friend's mother uh, asked if I'd like to be prayed for to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I said, well, I said, I don't know. I said, I feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And as soon as I heard those words come out of my mouth, I said, yes, I'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it was the same Spirit that leads, convicts, guides you, or at that point I didn't understand, you know, if, if, you, if you spend time in prayer, uh, you can actually have intercession for other people and you can actually feel like you're lost because there's someone else in the service that needs to respond and you're to intercede for them. And so in the particular denomination I was a part of, uh, we had that. And so uh, I didn't un- understand it all. But anyhow, she said that and I just said, well, I don't know, I just feel like I'm in church, I need to go to the altar. <laughs> 
Like, and, and as soon as I said that, I said, oh, yep, no problem, same spirit, uh, yes. So she prayed for me, I immediately received. Now, because of my personality, I didn't shout and jump and dance. I just began to speak real softly in other tongues. And then, the next day, I had a single ski trip, and so I had a little drive by myself to do it, and so I just, well, the whole hour and a half on the way there, I just uh, prayed in other tongues. It was a wonderful experience. And the biggest thing that happened to me was I got a brand new Bible. The words were the same, printed on there. The highlights were even the same. I had Bible quizzed as a kid for a few years, and we, we were like a national champion Bible, Bible quizzing team. Not really because of me, <laughs> but the other people on the team were really good. <laughs> they brought me in for quotes. Okay, anyhow. Uh, but I knew these scriptures, and I knew them, I was just going to say I knew them by heart, but that's really not true. I knew them by head. In other words, I memorized them up here. So after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm reading my Bible, same Bible I had. I think it's the same Bible I even Bible quiz with. Anyhow, I'm looking, and I, and I read it, and I thought, well, I've never seen that before. But that was, it happened to be one of the scriptures in Romans that I had memorized, and so, me being a thinker, I was, I was like confused. I thought, what? Like, uh, I know I know this, but I've never seen this before in my life. <laughs> well, why is that? Well, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that he's going to speak. And there's a difference between being born of the Spirit, having the Holy Spirit, and having him in his fullness so that he has like full, what do you call it, full authority to operate and to reveal and to unfold. And so there's something about being filled with the Holy Spirit that will change the way you look at life. It'll change the way you see yourself. It'll change the way you see your wife. It'll change the way you see your children, your friends, your church, your, your business partners, even your enemies when you're full of the Holy Ghost. Jude actually says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, stay, keeping yourselves in what? The love of God. Do you know praying in other tongues can help keep you in the love of God? I think one of the reasons is, you know, uh, we talked in the time of worship and giving that uh, your tongue will drive the whole course of your body. It'll, it'll determine where you're going to go. You're going to go this way, you're going to go that way. It'll determine what's going to happen in your life by what you say, what you allow your tongue to say. And that tongue, James told us, can be set on fire of hell. Now, nobody here besides me has probably ever had your tongue set on fire of hell. <laughs> so I'll be the one that confesses before all of you. I'm not telling you what I said. But, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you're like, oh, why did I say that? Um, but you know, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have to yield your tongue to the Lord. So you actually learn in a supernatural way not to say whatever you want to say with this little thing right here. I'm talking about my tongue. I just don't want to touch it because spit all over it. Brother Hagen, yeah. So I did it now. Now I'm grossed out. Anyhow. <laughs> Who wants to shake my hand? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, Isaiah, this is extra, by the way. This is not in my notes at all. Where is that? Anybody know that scripture? Is it Isaiah 11? With stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people? Wherewith he said, uh, this you may cause the weary to rest. This is, here it is, Isaiah 28, 11, sorry, backwards, 28, 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. This is the rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. This is the rest, this is the refreshing, but they wouldn't hear it. Why wouldn't they hear it? Well, maybe they knew better. <laughs> That's right. 
I like what Paul said. The Holy Ghost came all over him. He said, I have determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Do you know we should all determine today that we know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified? Why is that? Well, you might not, you might know, oh, I don't, I don't know, that tongue, that tongue stuff, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's okay. I, I speak in tongues every once in a while, or maybe you're not even filled with the Spirit. Maybe you don't even speak with tongues. But, well, I don't see the value in it. It's just people speaking a bunch of gibberish. Well, you know too much. Uh, Psalm 119, oh, I think it's 128. I don't want to misquote it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite verses. It says, I esteem your precepts above all else to be true, and I hate every false way. I esteem your precepts above all else to be true. You know how I take that? I esteem his word above every other input that I might try to come up with, that I might think of, or that anybody else might come up with. Because lots of people have lots of ideas. And if you stop, and if you, if you are a thinker, some people claim that they don't think, I don't believe them, but... If you stop and you think, you could think a lot of things and you could come up with a lot of different things. But there is no thought like a God thought. The second you get a thought from God, it'll blow your mind so that you'll say, (laughs) I like what you said. (laughs) I don't really care what I was thinking. I don't really care that I always thought it was this way. I don't really care. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm there to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I wasn't there to be filled with the Holy Spirit that I knew of. I was there on a little trip. I like to tell people I got filled with the Holy Ghost at a Bill Gaither concert. (laughs) And they say, what? Uh, And, uh, oh, man, so many thoughts you could say and everything. Uh, but I was at a, it was at a getaway weekend for this, you know, what's it called, New Year, uh, and uh, we were at a condo, and so I wasn't actually at the meeting, I was at a condo, and got filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know, I had looked into it a little bit, I had friends that uh, thought different things, and um, man, all I knew was, I was not accustomed to resisting the spirit of God. And so I had not allowed uh, a callousness or a searing to begin to develop in my heart. And so if I felt the spirit of God leading me to do something, I I moved in that direction until I sensed a check. Like, no, 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 that's not, you're not to do that. And so this was all new to me, uh, mostly new. I, you know, like I said, I had read a little bit on it, but I was like... um, so new, I didn't understand so many things, and being uh, the type of thinker I was, I had so many questions. And so I, um, all I knew was, boy, the Spirit of God is prompting me. And I didn't stop and say, well, the Spirit of God is prompting me, I guess I should do this. No, as soon as I said, well, I feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar, I just said, okay, I'll respond to it. Like, I, I, that was enough for me. I, I, had, I, I saw it in the, in the Bible and I didn't understand why some people were so against it because it was right there in the Bible. Uh, but I didn't understand why, you know, uh, I didn't have it. You know, you think like uh, these things should happen automatic. You know, if it's the Lord's will, it must really happen, right? Well, that's not, I don't think that way anymore, but that's how I used to think. You think, well, if, if God really wants it, then it's gonna happen, right? Uh, who, could, who could withstand God? Well, that's another sermon. With stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest. If you need rest and this is the refreshing, if you need refreshing, I want to encourage you, if you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, you come down here, we'll pray with you, you'll be full of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, edifying yourself from the inside. You get utterance from the Holy Ghost that you speak out with your lips and man, the Holy Ghost will set you on fire. And if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, but you have let that slip and let that slide, let me tell you what. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the one that we follow. Jesus is the one that we worship. Jesus is our ultimate example, but Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And he told the church at Corinth, who he had to correct them because they're going all kind of uh, disorderly things with, with uh, the gifts of the Spirit, 
And he told them, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. Right? People like to uh, quote like, well, you got to do everything decently in order and this and that and everything, you know, and I don't know if tongues decent in order. Well, Paul, who wrote that, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, also wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the truth that I speak with tongues more than all y'all. <laughs> he was from like, I don't know, Georgia or Texas, <laughs> South Carolina maybe. To whom he said, this is the rest, where you're going to cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. So if you want rest and you want refreshing, somebody said, well, I'm not tired. You know, you can be so restless. Maybe if I use that word, you'd understand what I'm saying. And not tired. But you stay restless for long enough and you'll get tired. This is the rest. This is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. You know, like, I don't know. Some of you know, some of you don't. But my, like, my, um, oh, praise the Lord. My house is in a, like an open state <laughs> to the elements. Uh, you Maybe from last week's message you remember because I was talking about bringing my kids in out of the weather and said, well, really, you can't do that in my house, not every room in my house. <laughs> Anyhow, so I, um, I'm trying to beat the cold, freezing stuff again. Anyhow, so I was uh, working yesterday and I worked extra long, which I don't normally do, and so I, man, I was wore out, wore out. And so uh, the youth went on the youth trip yesterday down to um, Colonial Beach and uh, had a great time. And um, they got back. I thought they were going to be back later. I guess I misunderstood the times. But um, so I don't know. When did you get home? Like 1130 or something like that. So uh, I had already been asleep because I was tired. I was whooped. And um, so I, I don't know. I think I must have gone to bed around 930 or 10 o'clock. And I normally fall right to sleep when I go to bed. So I did. I went to sleep. Well, she gets home, and I woke up. But I woke up, and I had a, a you know, I, I, was, I was just done yesterday. I was so tired, exhausted. Couldn't think. Couldn't, I could feel lots of muscles and everything. And so she got home, and I um, woke up and talked to her for a little bit. And then um, I just had a nudge or a tug on the inside to go pray. And I thought, well, I only got like two hours of sleep, two, two, and, a half, two, two and a half hours of sleep. And, uh, you know, I told her I was going to go out. I didn't tell her I was going to do. I said, I'm going to go out in the other room. And she's like, oh, you need to go to sleep. You don't, you don't need to be out there. So I waited until she fell asleep, which was pretty quick. It wasn't always very quick. And so then I went out in the other room. And um, I began to pray and then I began to pray in other tongues. So I was up for like, I don't know, till like, I normally get up pretty early, like 3.30 on Sundays, so I was up till like 4.30. And then I took a little nap. But you know what? I prayed in other tongues. It was like such a rest, such a refreshing, such a rejuvenation in the middle of the night. And I had to do stuff for the church trailer to get it ready for to, uh, this morning that I had, I guess, forgot to do because I was so tired the night before. So I'm out there. My neighbors, if they're awake, probably think I'm crazy at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> praying in other tongues and <laughs> doing the trailer and I come back inside. Uh, but it, it is a rest and it is a refreshing. And it'll affect your physical body. And restlessness will affect your physical body. Even uh, medical doctors that don't know about divine healing can tell you that, uh, in fact, oh, I, I should have, I should have, well, I didn't know I was preaching on it, so I didn't, anyhow. Um, I, I glanced at an uh, article this week, and it was a secular article, and I don't even recall where it was from, but it was talking about the medical benefits of laughing. And it was a secular article. Um, oh, no, it wasn't. I know it was. It was with our, our Christian healthcare thing. And uh, so they were talking about the medical benefits of laughing. Do you know, like, if you live a life full of joy, of the joy of the Lord and laughter, it will affect your physical body. It will affect your outlook on life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God himself sits in the heavens and he laughs. 
And Pastor Mark says, <laughs> he says, you know, even if you don't understand the joke, if God's telling it, you ought to laugh just out of respect. <laughs> and so he sits in the heavens and laughs. And we're all serious, like, Lord, this is serious. This is some serious business. This has to get done. This has to happen. That has to happen. Well, if you look at him, he's probably... (laughs) (laughs) I know with my own children, uh, they get in a funk sometimes. Not like that kind of funk, but like, like hardening. I'm just going to do what I want to do, Dad. I don't care what you say. And I'm like... That doesn't go well with you. The Bible says, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you that you live long on the earth. It's not going to go well, and you're not going to live long, and I'm not going to let you do that. (laughs) Sometimes they respond to that. Other times they're like, ah. So I say, you got to laugh. I don't want to laugh. I said, well, I don't want to laugh either. It doesn't have to be a real laugh. Even in the studies, they found out that fake laughing is as effective to your physiology as real laughing. (laughs) And so I say, just say, ha, ha, ha. And they say, no, true fact, you know how hard it is to not smile when you're not supposed to smile? This is my upset face. Okay, ready? Ha, ha, ha. Almost every time, that's what they do. The most I've ever had to do it is twice to say to them, say ha, ha, ha. And if I can get them to say ha, 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 the most I've ever had to do it is twice. The second, ha, 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 their countenance changes. That thing lifts off them. There is something about the joy of the Lord and there's something about laughing that actually releases all that that's trying to build up and consume you and surround you and put you in bondage and get you on the devil's territory and get you to say things that you have no business saying. And when you say those things you have no business saying, you start to go down this path and this road that you have no business being on because that path and that road leads to destruction. And there is no Zoe life of God there. That is separation from God. And that path there is the path that the devil wants you on. And you can use your own tongue and go down the wrong path. You say, oh, how did I get here? Well, it's right below your nose. Your tongue took you there. But you could choose to laugh. I think it's Psalm 107, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them, whereof they're glad. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we're glad. In other words, even non-believers can tell if the Lord has done something good for you. Now, nobody raise your hand. Everybody look like I'm talking about somebody else. (laughs) This week, could the non-believers tell that you had a joy that's out of this world? In other words, did you let it show? Did you let it come out? What did you do? Did you yield to it? Because you know what? If you're born again, you have the joy of the Lord on the inside. It's one of the fruits of the recreated born again human spirit is joy. But a lot of times, maybe sometimes, we don't let that joy come out. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about deep-rooted spirit joy that comes only from God. A joy that circumstances can't change. A joy that your thoughts can't change. A joy that overcomes each and every obstacle that the devil would try to put in your path. It's the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. There is strength in the joy of the Lord. You get into the joy of the Lord, and I'm telling you what, you can start laughing, and diseases can fall off of your body. Depression can leave your mind. You know you can get a promotion while you're laughing. (laughs) There's something about the joy of the Lord that enables the Lord to work and releases him in our lives. 
With stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest, this is the refreshing, but they wouldn't hear it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, listen. They wouldn't pay attention. You know, there's a story Brother Higgins used to tell, and he said, uh, there's this grandpa was out with his grandson on the farm, and they're hooking up to mule to pull something. Brother Higgins was very old. And so, <laughs> so the grandpa grabs, this is my two-by-four, the grandpa grabs a two-by-four, and he just whack smacks the mule upside the head. And the little boy said, what'd you do that for, Grandpa? He said, just to get his attention. (laughs) Sometimes we need to be a little slapped up beside the head just to get our attention. Like before we even start, like, like pay attention. Listen to what's being said. Listen to the words of God. Because the words of God, if you receive them as the words of God, can carry carry the very life of God himself. And they will, in the situation that you're in, they will bring God to bear in the circumstance. If God is for me, who can be against me? If he gave you Jesus, will he not freely give you all things? Have you ever meditated on that? Have you ever chewed on that? If he gave you Jesus, if he sacrificed his own son, if he let his own son die on the cross for something he didn't do, if he let his own son be separated from him and bear the penalty for our sins, for other people's sins, how much more will he not freely give you all things? Glory to God. He'll give us everything. If he gave us Jesus, there's nothing he won't give you. What better gift is there to give you than the gift of Christ? What does that mean? How does that apply? How do I make that work in my life? Well, that's our series. (laughs) (laughs) If any man be in Christ or be united to Christ. He is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, everything's brand new. But this doesn't happen automatically. There's a lady, and um, she had uh, cancer. And um, I'm telling another Brother Higgins story. Uh, She had cancer and um, went to get prayed for by him. And uh, he prayed for her. Actually, I'm telling that wrong. Um, I think her daughter or some, somebody related to her came and brought Brother Hagen a handkerchief. You remember um, they laid handkerchiefs and aprons uh, and Paul laid hands on them. The anointing went into those. They took them and uh, the anointing that was resident in that cloth, when it was laid upon the sick, they recovered. And so uh, this person took one to Dad Hagen and uh, said, you know, my so-and-so has cancer, a tumor, and um, I'd like you to, you know, uh, pray for the pray over this cloth, and I'm gonna give it to her. You know, the second they gave it to her, that tumor instantly disappeared. She was in an oxygen tent in the hospital. She leaped up, tore off the oxygen tent, got up, starts walking around. The people working at the hospital, the doctors and the nurses, said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" They started doing psychological tests on her because they thought she's going crazy. What's happening? And then they finally did a test and found out the tumors are gone. There's no more tumors. Hallelujah. So she um, was completely healed of those tumors. Well, two years goes by. Brother Higgins was out traveling. He didn't even get back, you know, till uh, about four in the morning. Got to bed at four in the morning. And this woman and uh, another woman showed up at his house at eight o'clock in the morning after he went to bed at four. He must not have been praying in the Holy Ghost. No. <laughs> because he was not refreshed, <laughs> okay? And so, uh, he was not happy that someone was knocking on his door at eight o'clock in the morning when he went to bed at 4 a.m. And um, so, it was this lady who had been healed two years ago. She said, uh, I got tumors again. 
But the doctor said it's not the same. It's not the same. It's a totally different, a cancer or whatever, totally different growth. But, it, but I have these. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what to do. And um, I feel like I'm so um, backslid. I want you to help me pray. And um, he said, okay. He said, what, what, what did you do? And uh, she said, well, I don't think I did anything. And he said, you didn't do anything. You didn't sin in any way or anything? And she said, not that I know of. He said, well, then why did you wake me up at 8 o'clock in the morning to help you pray? And she said, well, I just don't feel like I'm right with God. I just don't, I feel like I must have done something. And he said, oh, he said, I don't feel like I'm right with God because you just woke me up at eight o'clock in the morning after I went to bed at 4 a.m. He said, to tell you the truth about it, I'm a little bit angry right now. <laughs> he said, but I want you to watch me. And so he closed his eyes and he began to say, Father God, I just want to thank you that I am your child, that I am born again, that I have the Holy Ghost living on the inside, that I've got something on the inside working on the outside. I want to thank you that I can come to you anytime, day or night, and that you strengthen me and you fill me. All of a sudden, his eyes are shut, his face lit up, the woman said. She said, your face lit up, like right in the middle of that prayer. He said, now you do the same thing. So she did the same thing, said exactly the same words, exactly the same point in the prayer. Her face lifts. She's like, oh, the Lord does love me. The Lord, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, he is there for me. Well, why did I tell that? Well, she is trying to live the life of faith by having it automatically happen. Like before when she got prayed for, uh, the, excuse me, the handkerchief was put on her that was prayed for and the tumors just automatically left. Well, she's trying to do that in her daily Christian life expecting that these things happen automatic. You have to live the life of faith. In other words, if you don't have joy in your daily Christian life, you gotta stir it up. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you by the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Stir up the gift of God. Why? That you might wage a good warfare. You realize that? He said you're gonna wage a good warfare by the prophecies that were spoken over you. He didn't even say by the word of God. Although any prophecy that is given by the spirit of God will be in line with the word of God and really birth from the word of God. Uh, prophecy is divine utterance given on the spur of the moment. But it's always in line with the word and under the inspiration of the spirit of God. And so that you might wage a good warfare by these things. Christianity, biblical Christianity, is a supernatural life. It is a life whereby the supernatural one, the supernatural creator, comes to live inside of the human that believes and that declares he is Lord, that believes that God raised him from the dead. Then God himself, in the person of the Holy Spirit, comes to live inside of us. And then we have something on the inside, someone on the inside, that if we would respond to him, would change every circumstance, our outlook on every circumstance. Some people get born again and they think, okay, well, I'm going to quit my job because the Lord provides for all my needs and so on and so forth, and they, they get into that stupidity. But really what happens is you're born again and now you're still at the same job, but now you've got someone that is filled with God on the job and on the site. You've got someone that has information from another world that created this very world and the framework that even holds this world together living on the inside of them. I was thinking the other day, about some of these uh, uh, government positions they have around and they're trying to figure out this and that and they got like research and engineering places that are, I thought, man, I wonder how many people they have in the research and engineering at some of these places that are full of the Holy Ghost and know what they have. Because if they do, man, they'd be praying in other tongues while they're working and getting divine secrets from God himself. 
Do you know there's inventions that have not been made yet that God wants to bless humanity with? Maybe you're the one that the Lord's going to give it to. But what happens? Uh, we don't hear. Well, we hear with our head. It goes through our ears. Like I like to say, it vibrates our eardrum. You know, someday maybe I'll get you a video of that. You know? In other words, you're getting the audible signal. Your brain is processing it. You're like, yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. But until God reveals it to you, you actually don't see it. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or by the rhema of God. In other words, you need a rhema from God in order for your faith to be ignited. We're talking about the faith of God. Jesus said, lay hold on the very faith of God. Well, how do you do that? You gotta hear it from God in your heart. You gotta get a rhema from God. You have to let the Lord show you. Let the Lord reveal it. Well, how do you do that? Do you know what? Before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I used to go to my denominational church. It was, I'll just tell you, it was a Southern Baptist church. And so I went there, and I would go every Sunday morning before the service, uh, pretty much didn't miss a Sunday, and I would pray for the services. Do you know I had some amazing experiences in prayer before I was even filled with the Holy Ghost? I got filled with the Holy Ghost, you go like even further. But I had some amazing experiences. But you know what? I didn't have an amazing experience every week that I went to pray. Sometimes I went to pray and it felt dead. And it just felt like, oh, why am I doing this? Is this, is this helping? Is this a waste of time? What's going on? You know, sometimes you pray and you sense the anointing and you get unction. And man, you can hear your voice change. You're like, whoa. You got the feeling, baby. You're like, Lord, he has come and sat on me. <laughs> is everybody picturing that? That's so funny. But what happens? You seek first the kingdom of God. This is a faith walk. In other words, we pray to God in the name of Jesus because we know in our hearts he hears us when we pray. We know in our hearts he will answer. We know in our hearts he will guide, he will lead, he will direct. We have the same spirit of faith. That spirit of faith, okay, I, you know, these guys, you know, are like um, fathers in the faith to me, so they are fathers in the faith to me, so I, I can't not quote them sometimes, but like Pastor Mark said, make a tadpole slap a whale. <laughs> spirit of faith will make a tadpole slap a whale. I describe the spirit of faith like if you take a basketball that's properly inflated and you take it underneath the pool in the water and you try to make that thing stay under the water. Well, you can put it under the water, but it ain't staying there. I don't, you know, you ever do that? And then you're like, you're trying to like keep it and pfft, sure enough, it pops up, pops up, pops up. Man, you yield to that spirit of faith. If you're born again, you have the same spirit of faith that Paul had. You have the same spirit of faith that Jesus had. You have the same spirit of faith that conquered the world, living on the inside of you. And you're saying, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, it's probably all going to fall apart. You have the same spirit of God. Don't hook up your voice to your head, to your thinking, to your flesh. Hook up your voice to your spirit. We have the same spirit of faith. You have that same spirit of faith. You have the same spirit of faith. You have the same spirit of faith. I have believed, therefore have I spoken. You have the same spirit of faith. It's not a different spirit of faith. There's not two Holy Ghosts. You got the same spirit of faith. And that spirit of faith wants to do in you and through you what the spirit of faith did in and through Jesus Christ. That spirit of faith, if you let him he will change your circumstance using your own mouth, using your own body. Let's finish with Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Glory to God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Dave, will you come and start playing, please? Noli says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
Now it is not my old self, but Christ himself who lives in me. I died, I'm going to read you several translations, I died when Christ died on a cross. I do not live now, but Christ lives in me. That'd be the best thing in the world if we'd all choose to die. And I'm not talking about a Jim Jones thing. I'm talking about a Jesus Christ thing. It's no longer I that live. In other words, but Christ that lives inside of me. I have been crucified with Christ, and I live now, not with my own life, but with the life of Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live in faith, faith in the Son of God, who loved me and who sacrificed himself for my sake. He didn't sacrifice his own body for his own sake. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for the worst person you can think of in the world. He sacrificed himself. Way translation says, yes, I have shared Messiah's crucifixion. I am living indeed, but it is not I that live. It is Messiah's whose life is in me. The life of the anointed one of God, Jesus Christ himself, is inside of you. And if you realize that and understand that, you can make a choice that I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to let Jesus live in me and live through me. And then you will be invigorated in your body, in your mind, and of course you are in your spirit with God himself. In whom dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Jesus Christ. He's come to live inside of you and to live inside of me. I consider myself as having died and now am enjoying a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. You like that? I like that. I consider myself as having died and now enjoying a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. In other words, I'm not living this for myself. Don't live for yourself. Live for Jesus. It's like the offering scripture we talked about. It, it doesn't make sense to your head maybe, but the only way to save your life, Jesus said, is to what? Lose it. If you try to you try to keep it, try to keep it in control, oh, how's this going to happen? What's going to happen? You'll lose it. Christianity begins with you becoming something, not you trying to become something. Your Christian life begins when you become something. And you don't get there by making it happen, by working at it. You get it by believing and declaring and receiving. You can't make the grace of God work on your behalf. You act in faith, in faith in God, and you connect immediately with the grace of God. Then the life of God, the love of God, the power of God, the healing of God, the deliverance of God, the prosperity of God becomes yours at that very moment. The devil wants to lie to you. He wants you to believe a lie. He wants you to think it's not true. Oh, you see it in your life. Oh, don't listen. Don't listen to what the word says. But I am here to declare to you the word of God is true and the devil is a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he would change. He is never changing and he is truth itself. And when you live in light of the word, who you are in Christ, your life will change before your very eyes. Stand with me if you would. Let's uh, sing this.
bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you are here and you have known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you have backslid, you've let other things come in and take the place of Christ. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie that, you know, oh, there's a better time. Don't go now. Don't do it now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get right with God. Today is the day to listen and to respond to the Spirit of God. There's no better time than right now. Faith is now. If you believe, if you act in faith, it is now. Faith is now. Now faith is a substance. So declare your substance. Slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and for you. Or come down here and we'll pray with you and for you. If you're here this morning and you have never been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, this is an experience that God has for every single believer. It is his will for every single believer to get you beyond what you can come up with with your own tongue and to yield your tongue over to the Lord that you be filled with power from on high. If you're here this morning and you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I invite you to just slip up your hand or come down here. We'll pray with you and for you. If you're here and you have been filled with the Spirit, there's an initial infilling, but there's many refillings. you like hands laid on you for a refilling. Uh, 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 be being filled with the Holy Ghost. If you'd like uh, hands laid on you, just come down and we'd be happy to lay hands on you, pray with you, pray for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
but Father, in our daily lives. Father, that we don't have a genius on the inside and paying attention to stupid talking, but Father, that we listen to the Holy Ghost and we allow Him to speak to us and to speak through us. Thank you, Father. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, as we close, I just like everyone that's filled with the Holy Spirit, we're just going to pray in tongues for two minutes, 120 seconds. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, just pray in your language. Have a great week.